Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. <laughs> My name is David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. Welcome to Don't Miss This. There's the Windex here <laughs> from the cleaning, and I feel like I started by doing a spin. Um, okay. We hope you're on a podcast <laughs> instead of watching that. If you are, P.S., on the podcast last week, we feel bad that you didn't get to see the trailer for what is happening next year that's so fun with us going on those field trips and teaching the Doctrine and Covenants from the different places. So if you just go to our Instagram account, Don't Miss This Study, um, you'll you can watch the video the trailer on that one or if y'all YouTube people want to watch the trailer then, um, then you can yeah, yeah you can watch it there also and if you missed this last week these oh, yeah, this are so fun we're know. so excited about these yeah I did this oh good well I could have we could have done both these okay. are on um, pre-sale the link forum is down in the notes or of YouTube or you can go to desertbook.com or in the newsletter. If it's not October 31st yet, then go on quick and order these because they're on an early bird pre-sale. Pre, Until pre the 31st. Yeah. Yeah, a pre-sale. Yeah. And then called? they won't be anymore. Yeah. We are, if you order them right now on the pre-sale, you will have them by Christmas. Yes. So, so that's why that. we started early. So we that started can happen. early this year. If you don't know about those. And then this is our devotional book. We did another devotional book like we did last year with the Book of Mormon, which is a devotional from every section of the Doctrine and Covenants. A verse, a, a devotional thought. thought. So happy. And then a question to reflect and respond on. This is how Jenny and I do scripture study at night with the kids. So it's, it's awesome for that. Um, so if you can get those links in the notes of YouTube or in the newsletter or just search it and we wanted to do this on the show this is uh, so fun everyone you guys um we got a we, we and got, by we we mean we yeah, the big we all of us all together um got this award from youtube um a play button award is what it is called really it yeah has a name. yeah okay. they're called a play button or um so they just gave this to our whole community YouTube did. And you get um, it when you get a certain amount of yeah, 100,000 100, subscribers. subscribers. And so, that's you, everybody. That's all of you. When we look at this, what we think is, this is so rad that all over the world, people are studying scripture together. Like, this is a beautiful faith community. And that is what is reflected in this. Is like, oh, oh my gosh, look, mm. this is a... Yeah, huge worldwide us. community studying scripture together and we think that is so neat especially in today's chapters where you are gonna see mormon all excuse me you're gonna see mormon, mormon. you're gonna moroni. see him die on that hill and moroni all alone and telling us this is why we wrote this record and i think they've got to be thrilled about the fact of hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people studying their words and getting strength yeah. from their words. You know, like so that, awesome. that's so cool. Yeah. And it's so fun to that. think too, that 
We were just looking yesterday, there's people in Ghana, there's people in Egypt, there's people in Saudi Arabia. We were going through all the countries in Europe. So if that's you in Russia, we've got a little group of people who joins us. Um, there's people in China, I didn't tell you that, who watch. That's so awesome. just everywhere. Mulan. It was so fun to just look and see a great big group in Hawaii. So should we go visit? them yes okay we should. <laughs> <laughs> man so just so fun to be thinking about all of you um here with us yeah it is thrilling yep so um awesome. okay this is mormon seven through nine we end mormon's record and it also includes moroni's first goodbye <laughs> he has three and we'll see a changing of the guard that happens yep. in this but we first get a chance to hear mormon's last words Ugh, and, and he, they are so powerful yeah and to consider his lifetime he his life demands our attention yeah you know to have i grew mm -hmm. up in the worst world you could imagine um and to think the book of mormon came out of that world you know was yes. produced out of that in that place well, and to think about him just so lonely and so alone and putting this whole thing yeah he pulled together a thousand years of records yeah multiple records into this what we have consolidated as the book of mormon and he's like I, can you imagine how many hours he put no, into that project but it you gives just me love that he had that time to invest in, and he, we're going to talk about how he chose what he chose today which i love that part of this you remember last time we talked and he was 15 and you just feel like he is 15 but he lives to be 74 which is so interesting that his whole life is a battle from the very beginning till the very end. And he will be killed in battle when he's 74 years old. But I love that the very last thing he writes, and you just think about cute Moroni going back and, and taking his job and picking him up, um, you know, right here where he was. And to think, can you imagine reading this and it was your dad? And it was mm. the last thing he sat down and wrote down and if he could say anything in the whole world, what would he say? And it's this powerful list of I knows. And every time I read it, I think to myself, I, I need to do this. I need to sit down and just write. This is what I know right now. But this is what he says. I, I just wrote at the bottom of my last words. And he says this, I want to speak somewhat unto the remnant of this people who are spared, if it so be that God may give them my words, that they may know the things of their fathers. And then he's going to start talking to this remnant See, of the house of Israel. Yes. He's just like, I don't even know if you're going to get these words. Yes. And I'm like, I want to, I'm giving that thing to Mormon. It's okay. like, so many people <laughs> heard your heard words. Your words. <laughs> it's so awesome. And remember, as we're collecting these promises of the, house of Israel, of the covenant. This is just one of the things that I'm like, oh, this is just part of gathering those promises for covenant Israel. We see him in Mormon's last testimony, what he wants to talk about. He says this, do you know you are of the house of Israel? I love that he starts there. Like, I just, I want you to know you are of the house of Israel. You know, that, that actually, that line reminds me of, um, I was listening to this lady tell a story once and she um, went and worked at the prison and helped people with their family history at the mm. prison. Oh, that's so neat. Yeah. So she was helping him like discover that. And she was with a prisoner 
And as they got on family search and everything and were moving through it, she told him, do you know you are a direct descendant of Hiram Smith? Hmm. And he said to her, if I had known that earlier in my life, I probably wouldn't be in prison. Oh. And it makes me think of how powerful that is for him to say. Is like, do you, do you know, know like, where you come from? Yeah. And, and the blood that is in your right. veins and yeah. your potential right. for goodness. Um, I love that he says this. Know this. You must come unto repentance. You must turn to Jesus or you can't be saved. Like that belief in Jesus Christ is going to be crucial. Know ye that you must lay down your weapons of war. And know that you must come to a knowledge of your fathers and believe in Jesus Christ. And this is what you need to know about Jesus Christ. He says that he was the son of God and he was slain by the Jews. And then he rose again and he gained victory. And he brings to pass the resurrection of the dead and the redemption of the world. And that he's going to make it possible for you to dwell with God again. And so then he says, therefore, yeah, in victory, yeah, in victory, such a good so word. good. Therefore, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus, and lay hold upon the gospel of Christ, which will be set before you. And then I love when he says this: not just here, but you're going to see it in the record of the Jews. And then he's going to tell us in verse eight: for behold, this, this right here, this book is written for the intent that you may believe that. And he's talking about the Old Testament and the New Testament, right? This was written so that you would believe that, he says. And if you believe that, then you will believe this also. And if you believe this, you will know concerning your fathers and also, and then I love this part, the marvelous works which were wrought by the power of God among them. And I just love, I mean, think about all of those I knows. This is what I know. I know who God is. I know that we're covenant Israel. I know that Jesus came. I know he died. I know through him, we can all live with God again. I know these are the words of God and they testify of those words of God. And if you believe both of these, then what you are going to know is the marvelous works of God, not just in their life, but in your life. It's such a powerful witness of like, if, if you just had one page to write, this is the most important thing that I know, what would you write? What, what would that look like? And don't you kind of want to just take the experience this week of mm -hmm. just writing down your, I know, this is what I know right now. This is of everything that I've written. I mean, imagine how much he wrote in all of here and how much he gathered and how much he put together. And I just love Mormon gets one page to say, let me just tell you what I know. Yeah, I know what I wish you could know Yeah. also. And I, I actually love that last verse in 10 where he just says, um, you can be numbered mm. in this group yes. also. And Jesus has gained that victory for all so that, look at the last line in 10, so that it can be well with you. And I love that here's this injured old man who's watched the destruction of his whole people. And he says, but with Jesus, it can still be well with you. Whatever yeah. your life may look like. That's that so is good. what I want. That's what it's so rad that he writes this after like recording that thousand years of yes. history. He's just like, I, I, I just got a really quick run through. I binged the book of Mormon <laughs> barely is what I just did. And I've and lived what 74 I, yeah. years of hard 
things. And this is what I can tell you about Jesus and what he can do with your life. This, yeah. is what I, this is what I've learned. This is what I know. So good. What is it that, that you know? Um, yeah. Then that next chapter, if you go into chapter 8, here is where Moroni takes over. Um, mm-hmm. There's like a changing of the guards. It starts at the beginning of that chapter and Moroni tells us, now it's my job to finish the record of my father, Mormon. And I, I can't remember what you said at the beginning, but you made me think of this verse, but I'm so glad he said that. He's like, I'm, I'm going to do what my dad told me to do and how much he learned from his dad yes. as one who stood alone and as a, as an idol witness because yeah. Moroni will live the majority of his life now alone yeah wandering you know but do you think this verse is so cute where is it oh 13 I love this verse so much I just found it today it just appeared it's never been here before so update your <laughs> scripture app because now it will show up it says this I make an end of speaking concerning these pe- this people I'm the son of Mormon, and my father was a descendant of Nephi. I love that he could have said, we're descendants of Nephi, but he wanted to claim his dad. Yeah, it's he so cute. He was like, cute. I'm my dad's boy. Oh, yeah. and our family line goes all the way back to Nephi. But he just wants to make sure everyone knows, I'm Mormon's kid. Yeah. You know, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm taking this responsibility from him. And it is so sad to read him where he says, like, and my father was killed. Yes. By the Lamanites. Like, Moroni probably buries his own dad. Yeah. Takes the plates and he tells you, and I even remain alone to write the sad tale of the destruction of my people. He says, they're all gone. But I'm going to fulfill the commandment of my father. And whether they slay me, I know not. And he says again in five, my father made this record. And he wrote it with like a, an intention in mind that he already told you about. And I'm going to finish a little bit here. And I'm all alone. And I don't know how long um, that is going to be. And you love this fun line where he says, and I have no friends and nowhere to go. Like, Aww. it's just so sad. Who will he have Christmas with? Exactly. And <laughs> I love when we wrote in the journal. I think we did. Um, yeah. Have you ever been... In a place like that, where you are just like, I am alone, and I have no friends. And if you have my heart, you're like, who's going to take care of him? Yeah. Would you love that somebody actually does? Let's tell that part. Yeah, but before we tell that, which is so fun, I just think it's interesting to study about a person who lives in a time of fear and uncertainty. He says, I don't know when this is going to I'm alone, and I don't know when it's going to end. Yes, that part's so sad know? too, yeah. Do you remember? And where it goes, it doesn't even matter. And if they're going to kill me, I, I know not. I don't even know. And you can see a man who would be so tempted to retreat into his fears at that time. But instead, um, he decides to live out a different kind of story. Yeah. And it's interesting to me to think, you can either retreat or you can do something remarkable. And what story will you write about the time, during the times of your fear and uncertainty, what story is going to come out of of those? And it's neat that he's like, but there he is and he thinks he's alone. Jesus just winks when he writes that. It's going to be so cute, this part is. But hold on, before we even show it, we didn't show them the board. Everyone's going to be so happy that I just remembered. 
Because now we're going to jump into Moroni's story, which is right here. So we did that Where's whole part. the know ye? This was too long to write, everyone. You just read <laughs> verse 5. Why it was written. Why it was written. And now we're going to be here. I am alone, and I know not where I'm going. Or how long this is going to last. Sometimes that's so hard. Do you remember Elder Holland's talk when he just said that same thing? Yes. He was like, I don't know how long this is going to be. And I, I sat and looked at the TV and I was like, well, there are 15 seers in that room. Can you ask one of them? Because that would be helpful if you could ask. He's so helpful. But I did take so much hope when he said that one line. We don't know when this is going to end, but we know it will end. And I was like, yeah. oh, good. Yeah. Well, there and is going to be an end. Yeah. And what story is going to come out of whatever this is? Yeah. You know, what this, this place of fear and uncertainty that you face in your lives, whenever that may be. What's the story I'm going to write out of it? But what's so powerful is like people aren't ever alone. Yeah. Nobody has to be alone. And you see it in this story. You get this part. Is it verse 11? Oh, yeah. Why do I always remember verse 11? He says, wait, he is talking wait, about... save that part. Tell the other part first and save that. It's my favorite part of this story. Oh, when they come? Go to Elijah first. Oh, okay. We were talking about... Other people, like in scripture, who face these times of fear and uncertainty. And one of our favorite stories, here is a sneak peek into the Old Testament. Okay, that's so funny because you know we can't wait for the Old Testament. (laughs) But I love the thought that this happens here. You're going to see it happen here. But you first see it happen in the Old Testament. And let's be honest, you see it happen again on Gethsemane. Yeah. um, When an angel comes to strengthen him. And then we're going to see that here. And anytime you see a pattern like that in scripture, I love that you know if it happened for Elijah and it happened for Jesus and it happened for Moroni, that it can happen for you. That's this principle that we're going to set up right now. And it's such a good one. So this story is, um, this is right after the really famous story of Elijah calling down fire from heaven when it licks up the water Mm -hmm. on the altar. And it's just this. And he's like the hero of the day. And how could people not then believe in in the God of Israel after that? But what happens is it gets worse. Mm-hmm. Like this great miracle happens and he's like, now it's going to end. And P.S. He's been living alone for three years already with ravens. Oh, Elder Holland told that story. Oh. But the ravens. Yes. Remember he said they were not happy meals? Yes. <laughs> what? Elder Holland and I are on such a wavelength right yeah, now. He with wanted each to other. teach this lesson to <laughs> yeah, us, obviously. Really, yeah, he did. But um, he's been alone for three years. Finally, it seems like it's all going to end, and it ends in this big kaboom, and it's like, he's like, yeah, right? And then you go to the next chapter over, which is 1 Kings 19, and it says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and you wanted to say, And she decided to change her nasty ways. But instead, it says, And she decides with even more fervor. In verse two, that I am going to kill him. <laughs> I'm gonna end. Oh, I know, and he's like, "What the heck?" <laughs> like, you know. And so this part is so sad. He says, "He went a day's journey, verse four, into the wilderness, and came and he sat down under a juniper tree, and he said, it's enough, Lord. I w- will just die.' You know. <laughs> he's like, I, I'm, I'm all done. I'm no better than my ancestors. They're dead. Mm-hmm. I'll die. I'm done. I quit." And so he just goes to sleep under the juniper tree. You know, it's just like, good night. And then it says this in verse five. It's so sweet. He says, behold, then an angel came and touched him, woke him up. And he says, hey, wake up and eat. And he says, I looked over and he says, there was a cake baking on the coals. Now, 
I love when an means... angel wants to make it. Don't say what it means. We're just going to do just one of the I know. I, know. I want to tell, Yes, I want to tell no one. No one look up the word. We like looking up words, but don't look up that one. You just have to imagine that this angel comes and he just says, Hey, I made you a cake. And here's some milk <laughs> that goes with it. And then right after that, he says, um, He did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel just tucked him in, for sure. Right? He says, have a cake. I, I know. This is so hard. Have some milk. I brought a blanket also. And he tucks him in under that tree. And, and he then, that one line when he says, you've got to go back to sleep. Because what's the line I love? Oh, the journey. Yeah, right it's here. too much. The journey is too great for you. So he's like, just, you just got to have some cake right now. And, and milk. He's, it says water, everyone, but they meant milk. That's what they meant. Who eats cake with water? And you just sleep for a minute because the journey is too hard for you. And let's just say this right now. Do you know someone who the journey is too hard for right now? Because there's a lot of us who are having this conversation right now. And what if all of us took a little cake? Yeah, to that's someone? all you need. Don't you want to do that so bad right now? Yes. Oh, me too. Everybody... Think of someone who just needs a little cake and take it. Yeah. I think that's so sweet that the angel doesn't come with a solution, but comes with strength. And I'm just here, you know? In a minute, he's going to tell him what he wants him to do. But he's like, first, you need a cake <laughs> and a glass of milk and a nap is what you need. <laughs> and after you have those three, it, it's time to go. But you see a very Mormon... Uh, Mormon and Moroni-esque language in verse 10. He says, I, even I, am the only one that's left and they seek to take away my life. And in verse 14, again, he says, I, even I, only am left and they seek to take... I mean, it's on his mind. It's on his heart. It's weighing heavy on him and he feels so alone. And what's interesting is, is he's not. It's in those moments where he felt like, I, even I, am the only one. God sent an angel with with cake and naps and, and everything that he would need to strengthen him and be like, you're too tired for this, so I'm going to get you ready, and then we're going to send you out along your way. And you love the same thing in Gethsemane when that one line that says, and an angel came to strengthen him. It's that same lesson, just to bring strength. And Moroni is going to talk about that same thing. Yeah, in Mormon chapter 8, he just says, and and we'll back up one verse. There are none that do know the true God, save it be the disciples of Jesus. And he's talking about those three that remained uh, among them. And remember, they kind of were told to be quiet for a while when things were so bad. But he says this in 11, But behold, my Father and I, both of us, in our times of aloneness, have seen them and they have ministered unto us. Oh, you just love that part about God that he's like, go to them now, you know. Because they need you. Yep. And it is thrilling to think about a God who would send an angel to me. I think it's even more thrilling to be the angel that God sends, you know, to strengthen mm -hmm. someone when they feel like I'm the only one who knows what this is like. And it is a message from heaven that says, I know what things are like also. Yep. And you just think about Elder Godoy's talk. Did I say his name right? I have no From idea. From conference this that, time so about fun. the angels. And oh, yeah. Remember wow. how neat that talk was? Let's just be that for one week, everybody. You just figure out how to do it. And you go ahead and tell us about us 
about it in the comments because we would love to hear your experiences. Yeah, it'd be so, so cool to see. Yep. Okay, so as he talks about that, then he prophesies about this record, right? He's just like, I took this challenge for my dad and I'm going to do it. And I'm going to finish this record. And one day, this record is going to come forth for any and all to be able to experience. And then he's going to explain what that day is going to look like. And I love this because people, you know we love the scriptures. If you have listened long enough, you know every scripture is our favorite and every chapter is our favorite and all <laughs> the books are our favorite. Um, but people ask all the time, why do the prophets tell us to spend so much time in the Book of Mormon? In fact, a lady was just texting back and forth with me last week and said, how do we do it all? We have to do Come Follow Me and... The prophet has asked us to read these things. And then now next year we start the Doctrine and Covenants, but we've been told to stay in the Book of Mormon. And why do we stay in the Book of Mormon? And it, just there's so much to read. And sometimes I want to say this, first of all. He didn't tell you how much the Book of Mormon you have to read. And the Book of Mormon is powerful even by verses. So don't he didn't mean to overwhelm us. Um, you you do what you can. And if it's one verse a day in the Book of Mormon, the, the, it, that's power is going to come upon you and upon your family, even in that one verse a day. And you can do the Doctrine and Covenants. And God's voice is God's voice in all of Scripture and its goodness in all of Scripture. But one of the things that is important and part of the reason why I think our modern day prophets love to talk about the Book of Mormon is actually this verse right here, 35, chapter 8, Mormon chapter 8, 35. He says this, Behold, I speak unto you as if you were present, and yet you are not. But behold, Jesus Christ hath shown you unto me, and I know you're doing. And I love the thought that, that he saw what our day was going to be, and then he knew what we needed and what we would need from what we were going to read and what was going to shortly come and how these things would be helpful. And I love that he doesn't just say the Book of Mormon is going to be helpful for you. Because what he saw, I'm sure his dad saw, right? And they just knew. I'm sure they talked about it. And they were like, what, what would you pick? And what would you choose? And what would you... And then if you wonder if he knows who we are, all you have to do is go down into the very next verse when he describes our day. And I just want, as I read through some of these, I want you to be thinking about what of this do you see in our day, in our time? What of this are you like, oh yeah, that's that is true yeah almost evidence of wow moroni really did yeah, see our time and see our day and that list starts in like back in 26 you can look through the whole chapter and keep finding some of these but yeah, you're gonna he's focus gonna say, on yeah it shall come in a day it says in 26 when it says miracles are done and there's going to be secret combinations and the power of god shall be denied and churches will be defiled people will be lifted up in pride there will be envying you're going to hear of fires and tempests and vapors of smoke in foreign lands. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars. There's This is so interesting. There's going to be great pollutions upon the face of the earth and murders and robbing and lying and deceiving all manner of abomination. There's going to be people who are going to say, do this or do that. It doesn't matter. God's going to take care of everyone at the very end. You can do whatever you want. And then he gets into this part in 36. I know that you walk in the pride of your hearts, he says. And there are none save a few only who do not lift themselves up in the pride of their hearts. You wear very fine apparel. You have envyings and strifes and malice and persecutions. Everyone 
is become polluted because of the pride of your hearts and you love your money and your substance. I think it's so interesting because I don't think he's saying to you, I don't want, I, you shouldn't dress nice or you shouldn't live in nice places. I don't think that's what he's saying. I think the problem comes right here in 37. This is the problem. You love money and your substance and your fine apparel and the adorning of your churches more than you love the poor and the needy and the sick and the afflicted, which is a really important self-check. Yeah. Because really, if you looked at how much time and money you put towards what you're wearing and how you're decorating your house and all of those things, are you putting that same amount of time and money to the poor and the needy? Which, that's that's hard. Like, that's an interesting, like, trying to navigate the balance of what that would look like. And um, and it really is like, I like what you said, just a heart check is all that it is. Yeah. It's a chance to like check and see like, wait, do I actually love money and things more than people? And if so, is that how I want to live? Do I, do I want to be the kind of person that loves money and things more yeah. than people? Because it doesn't just have to equal out money-wise. We should say that there. You don't yeah, have to spend yeah. the same amount of money. Yeah, I don't think he's saying that. Both ways. I don't either. But I do think he's saying, are you spending the same amount of love? Which makes that an, a more interesting check. Because like, it is fun to decorate your house. It is fun to go shopping for a new dress. And that takes time. And that is love in its own way of loving that but when you look at the people who you invest in and that can be poor doesn't have to just mean monetary or homeless although mm -hmm. it can but it it can be the people who are suffering want anywhere in your life it might be one of your kids it might be someone you minister to it could be someone in your community or one of your kids friends like, are you investing as much in people as you are in stuff? That's what I think he's asking right here. And there are poor among all of us, whether it's financial or emotional or spiritual. And I love that he's like, okay, just, just stop for a minute and think, are you investing as much loving people as you are loving stuff? Because if not, you're polluting the Holy Church of God. In 30, when he says, Why are you ashamed to take upon you the name of Christ? And why do you adorn yourselves with that which hath no life, and you suffer the hungry and the needy and the naked and the sick and the afflicted to pass you by, and you don't even notice them? I love that he's like, let me remind you, your greatest work is people. Yeah, and I like that he says, these things won't give you life, which seems to imply that this will. If someone is searching for and looking for like meaning and like a fire in their soul and they feel like they're in a place of blah or a place of like, I don't feel any life. The secret's right here. He's like, you will find life in lifting and loving people. Yes. That's where you're going to find it. And you're not just going to find life, but you're going to find miracles. And is that where we go next week? That's where I yeah, want to go yeah, next. So absolutely. bad because I love that he's like, you can get caught up in stuff or you can invest in people. And what's going to happen then is just miracles are going to open up in front of you. Yeah. I like that he then gives that invitation, Mormon 9.6. And he says, okay, 
So turn unto mm-hmm. the Lord. And one of the things we love talking about, you know, is like the idea of turning is not just turning away from sin, but it's turning to him, like live a life with him. And I promise you, living a life with Jesus means living a life ministering to other people. Like that's just what it means. If you're going to turn to him, that's where he's going to be going. That's where you're going to, that's where you're going to find him. And I love that invitation where he's just like, you have a chance to turn here. And do you know what hangs in the balance here? You know, what hangs, do you know what opportunity sits in front of you to live your life side by side with him? Do you know what that is going to look like? And he says, I want to show you and before you go there, just yeah. we just have to go here on the way because I love when he says that turn unto the Lord. And then I love when he says in seven, I'm talking to people who deny in the revelations of God that say they are done away, that there are no revelations. And by revelations, I feel like he's talking about the fact that the spirit can actually talk to you and tell you where to go and what to do. Because he says this, you say there's no prophecies, nor gifts, nor healing, nor speaking with tongues and the interpretations of tongues. And I say to you, he that denies these things doesn't understand the gospel of Christ or he hasn't read the scriptures. And if he has read the scriptures, he doesn't understand them. Because I love that what he's telling us is God is going to speak to you and what he's going to tell you is going to bring about healing and gifts and all of these things that are going to be the miracle of his work. Yeah, those are that's and that's the kind of life that you'll live in. A life that is just flooded with everything that you just read in in 7 and 8. And he just says kind of like his dad did. Remember his dad said, "I binge the scriptures." And Moroni's like, "Listen, let me tell you the value of reading this record. It's so that you know that God's the same yesterday, today, and forever and there's no shadow of changing in him." Who he is, is who he's always going to be. And he says, I want to show you a God that's that's the same. And he says, and you he starts that making one a line. list. Say that one line, because I just love it. In 11, when he's like, listen, I will show you a God of miracles. And I want to be like, oh, I want to do that too. I actually want to show you a God of miracles. Like I can look back in my life and list this and this and this. I love that day when you said to me, you live in a realm of miracles Mm -hmm. and you just want to say we all do like this statement i will show you a god of miracles you can say that and i can say that and you can say that and you want to pass that on to people who are starting to feel like forgotten and out of it is like no 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 let me show you that there is a god of miracles and he just wants to do this list through chapter nine of what he's like he's like he's the same god of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So count up their miracles. Look what he did there and anticipate and expect it in yours. He's the same God who created the heavens and the earth, who took nothing, an inky blackness, and turned it into this beautiful world. Let me show you how he's still doing those same things. Let me, let me, let me show you a God who came, who sent his son to rescue us all from the fall. Verse 12. Let me show you a God who's the God of both the small and the great. I love that he's just yeah. like, who, whoever you are, wherever you are, this is what he is like. I love in 16 where he says, are not the things that God hath wrought marvelous in your eyes? Let me show you a God who's going to keep shocking you with how good he actually is. And then I actually love this 21, verse 21, where he says, 
I say unto you that whoso believeth in Christ, doubting nothing, whatsoever he shall ask the Father in the name of Christ, it shall be granted him. And this promise is unto all. Even if you could find the ends of the earth, it would still be a promise to those people. All things are possible to all people. Let me show you that kind of God. Mm. I just love that whole part so much. And then 37, where he just gives that blessing. Because Moroni thinks he's done also. Yeah, this is his first goodbye. (laughs) It's so interesting because he ends this as if he's like, and now I'm done. And he actually puts the book of Ether in because he honestly thinks he's done. He'll tell us that when he comes back. That he's like, I finished... I stuck that book in at the very end and I didn't think I was coming back. And you love that when he leaves the first time, he's like, this is what I want you to know. Um, and this this blessing that he leaves on all of us, whoever read the Book of Mormon, may the Lord Jesus Christ grant that their prayers may be answered according to their faith. And may God the Father remember the covenant which he hath made with the house of Israel. And may he bless them forever through faith on the name of Jesus Christ. And I just, I love the thought of that, that may God grant their prayers. They'll be answered according to their faith. And then for those of you who are keeping that list of covenant promises from conference, this Mormon 937, may God the Father remember the covenant with his made with the house of Israel and may he bless them forever, right? That's, that's one of the promises to covenant Israel is that fullness of blessing, like the, the, never-ending blessing all that the father has that's a promise to covenant israel yeah and it's one that he says you can just keep seeing this again and again and again and again we are now at the end of a thousand year history of our people and it began with a family that he delivered and that theme of deliverance has not stopped Mm. and it's happened in so many different ways who he is is who he'll always be so start anticipating that God to show up in your life. And for those of us who can see him, I think it's like, I think we have an opportunity now to show that same God and to an other obligation. People. Yeah. You know, just let me show you a God of miracles. Yeah. And a God who doesn't leave you alone. Beautiful stuff, y'all. Yeah, okay, next so week, the book of Ether. Which we're so excited yeah, about. You the are going to love yeah. the book of Ether. And then don't worry, we'll come back to Moroni. We're not going to leave him alone. Yes, he comes back one more time. Yes, so, exactly. okay, see you next week. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.